In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. When I was a senior in college, uh, we decided, my buddies, Bobby and Kevin and I, decided that we were going to go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, for spring break. And they were just young juniors, Bobby and Kevin, I was a senior, so basically I was just there to chaperone them. I don't want you to think that I enjoyed any of this. <clears throat> Did it for their sake. But we were uh, traveling down the interstate uh, just outside of Atlanta, and these uh, co-eds from Western Kentucky University came by, and we started yelling across the, in the two lanes, and, and uh, we said, pull off at the next uh, uh, exit. So we did. We had breakfast together, and uh, they said, uh, uh, we said, where are you going? They said, we're going to Daytona Beach. Suddenly we felt called to Daytona Beach, I don't, rather than Fort Lauderdale. I don't know how that happened. And so we went there, and that kind of fell apart after a while. So we were going to uh, eat our one meal a day at the, the boardwalk, and we were walking along, the three of us, and we met these three co-eds from Central Michigan University, and after they passed, without saying a word, we turned on our heel and, and began to, to, to follow them. And it, I had never understood today's gospel lesson until that happened to me, how Jesus told people, follow me, and they did. These girls didn't even have to say, follow me. Was there, what was it about Jesus that people wanted to follow? Was it, did he have a, a hypnotizing stare, or was it a, a big voice, or did he just seem so purposeful? Or uh, what was it about Jesus that people would literally drop everything and follow him? We had, last week, we had uh, John's version of Jesus calling his disciples. We had Philip and Nathaniel. This week, we have Mark's version where he calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And they dropped the nets and, and dropped everything. So not sure what it was about Jesus, but, but these were guys who were open to something happening. They were ready for something, and, and they, they dropped everything. Maybe they were just sick of fishing with their dad, but anyway, they did. And they were called by Jesus to be disciples. Now when we hear about uh, having a calling I think most people believe that that's something that professional church workers have. So pastors and Christian day school teachers and priests and nuns, they have a calling. And then the rest of us just have jobs. But that's not very Lutheran. Martin Luther was very insistent, and he talked about it as the royal priesthood of all believers. Have you heard that term back in confirmation class? Yeah, the royal priesthood of all believers. What that means is that every Christian has a calling to be a Christian. That's your first calling, to belong to Jesus, to follow Jesus. Every Christian has a calling. And then that calling is wherever you are and whatever you're doing. You're called to be a Christian in whatever it is. If you're a Christian farmer, then farm to the glory of God and be a good steward of the land. If you're a Christian physician, then, you know, heal people, a nurse, do this, teacher or a salesperson or, you know, whatever you are, you're called to be a Christian at that. And I think that the problem maybe has been over the years that we're a little hesitant to think about having a calling or if the Lord calls me to do a certain thing because if we're honest, I think we're afraid that if, if we listen, if we're open to God's calling, he might call us to do something really stupid. 
you know, something that we don't like. Like, he, oh, good, he called me to be a missionary in New Guinea, or now I have to be an inner city street corner preacher in downtown Chicago, or, you know, something that if given a chance, God might make a mess of our lives. Like as if we couldn't do that on our own. But I think that's the fear when we, when we think about this business of calling, that God's going to, to put us in a position of stuff we don't like to do. And uh, we were listening to a, a woman uh, at a conference. Her name was Barbara Brown Taylor. She's a Christian author. And she was talking to us about this business of calling, and I, I really related to it. She said that she didn't know what she was supposed to do. She liked to write, but she thought maybe she should be a, 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 a priest, Episcopal priest, or um, maybe a teacher or something. She just didn't know. So one day she was praying out loud, kind of frustrated, and she said, Lord, tell me what it is you want me to do. Level with me. It was quiet. And then she said, inside of her head, these words came into her mind. It wasn't a big voice or anything. Just these words came into her mind. And the words were, do what pleases you. Belong to me, but do what pleases you. And she thought, well, what pleases me is writing. And so she began to write. And she is a Christian author, and she's done a lot of good in that position, doing what she likes to do. So the Lord is not interested. Our calling is not that the Lord wants to put us in some sort of vocational straitjacket that we'll hate. And then, you know, we've got to suffer through that the rest of our lives. That's not really the way it goes for most people. Now, I, I recognize that some of you listened to the Old Testament lesson today, and you might get that impression from the prophets. All the prophets, all the prophets are reluctant, Jonah being the most reluctant of all of them. Jonah, go to Nineveh, that great city in Assyria, and preach destruction, preach repentance. So Jonah gets in a boat and goes to Tarshish, which is the other end of the Mediterranean world. And then God, the word of the Lord, came to him a second time, and this time the Lord wasn't kidding. Uh, and so eventually he was uh, spit up after being in the, in the sea monster or the great fish, however you interpret that. He was spit up on the shores of, oddly enough, Nineveh, where he was supposed to go in the first place. So, you know, when we listen to these prophets, Jeremiah, I can't be a prophet, I'm, too, I'm just a kid. Amos, I'm no prophet, I'm a farmer. You know, they all had reasons why they couldn't be a prophet, because it wasn't very fun being a prophet. And I think we've listened to the prophets enough that we believe that's what God wants to do to us. Something like that. Well, that's, that's a pretty rare occasion to be specifically a prophet of God in that, to, to preach destruction and repentance and all that. That's probably not going to happen. So what we might want to do is listen to the words of Barbara Brown Taylor, who says, you know, do what pleases you. Belong to me, but do what pleases you. Another Christian author, Frederick Buchner, said, he said, our calling is where our deepest gladness and the world's hunger meet. I'm going to say that one more time. Think about this. It's pretty good. Our calling is where our deepest gladness and the world's hunger meet. So you can be what you want to be. Do what pleases you. And use that to meet some hunger that the world has. If you're a farmer, it's pretty literal. 
meet the hunger of the world. If you're a teacher, people thirsting for knowledge. If you're a social worker, people who uh, you know, need help. If you, whatever you are, the world's hunger is there, and your deepest gladness can meet that in some way. Now, that's not to say that your calling can't change. I, of all people, know that this can happen. Uh, I, I give you my own semi-real life as an example. Uh, when I went to seminary, I didn't see me. When I, I, I envisioned this in sixth grade when I had felt my call to ministry. I should probably tell you a little about that. I, I don't know how that happened. We didn't have any ministers in our family. It was all farmers and teachers and stuff. But in sixth grade, at the end of sixth grade, I, I knew that I wanted, that I was going to be a Lutheran minister. I don't, I don't know how. I, did, I spent a lot of time in the parsonage because uh, uh, the pastor's oldest son was my best friend. Maybe that had an influence. I was interested in confirmation class. Pastor Kaczynski was an interesting guy. I don't know. I wanted to do something that had, that had eternal significance. I wanted to not just put one foot in front of the other. I wanted to do something that meant something for all time, I guess. But I didn't, when I was in sixth grade, I didn't see this all coming, that I was going to go into the seminary in exile and be told, oh, if you don't knuckle under, you'll never have any churches. And then that turned out to be true. I didn't see me farming with my dad after 22 years of education. <laughs> but that happened. I didn't see me getting a worker priest call to Jamestown, North Dakota, which is not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. Uh, and being a worker priest working construction 44 hours a week while I had the church. I've done this crazy two, three job thing before, so, you know, get over it. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the training in chaplaincy, hospital. I didn't see the training in chemical dependency. I didn't see working with addicted persons for decades and uh, nicotine dependency. And, and I certainly didn't see me going back into a parish ever again. After working with drug addicts and alcoholics for all those years, I thought, I am way too nuts to be in a parish. <laughs> Turns out people kind of enjoy it. But anyway, uh, I didn't see any of that coming. I, I, so our calling can change if we're open to it. No matter what age you are, if you're retired, your calling could change. There's an important job as a retired person with your family and having the time to, to spend time with other people. Or if you're students, you, you've got a great calling to be kind and accepting of other people. There's, there's a calling for all of us, and that can shift and that can change. So it has been said by somebody, maybe it was me, but anyway, it has been said that the, the sign of God is that we will be led where we had not planned on going. If you end up going where you had planned on going, it's not the sign of God, it's the sign of you. If you end up going somewhere where you had not planned on going, then it's probably the sign of God. And it will probably be something that you might not have thought you could do or thought you would even like. But it will turn out to be great. It will turn out to be meaningful. It will turn out to fill your soul. The sign of God. And when the Lord calls you, if we are open, then, then we can follow. When the Lord says, follow me, that's what he means. Amen.
Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.